Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation. So sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. And as I say every week, this is a very special episode because this episode brings a fantastic guest to me right here in Charlottesville, Virginia, across the entire ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, to London town. I am having the great privilege of talking with Miss J. Sows. That is Janet Hensel. We are so happy to welcome Janet to the program. Janet, thank you for staying up so late to accommodate a five-hour time difference so that we can have this conversation today. Thank you, Janet, and welcome. Thank you so much. It is my sincere pleasure to be here, and I really appreciate you interviewing me today. It's an honor. It is a dual honor. The feeling is mutual. This is the Mutual Admiration Society here. Janet, I love your work. I love your sewing. I have been really delighted by your energy and spirit on social media. And it's so charming. It's just so lovely. And I wanted to ask, what is your sewing story? How did you get started sewing? Well, I started sewing, you know, before Janet Jackson started singing. Now that is serious. That's some sewing. If you have been sewing as long as Janet Jackson's been singing, that is quite a long time because that poor lady has been singing since she could make words. That's it. Well, not that far back. Let's say before she had a successful solo career. Let's not age me that much. Okay. <laughs> okay. That sounds more reasonable because I'm like, I don't think so because she doesn't look it, but I think Janet is in her mid-50s. So I don't think you've been sewing for 56 years, but hey, you know what they say, black don't crack. Nobody knows how old we are. No one knows. No one knows. But yeah, I've been sewing a long time since I was a child. I haven't started was my mother... She's from a poor background, like many of our parents are. And she learned to sew, I think, primarily through necessity and fun. And she taught me to sew. She's always very focused on children having skills in anything, be it mechanics, sewing, whatever. She always thought it's good to have a trade. And she taught me to sew. And then we started off on our little dolly. And little dolly used to look good. She's had some nice little dresses. I started off on dolly. And then after a few years, you know, you have school, you have homework, things like that. And it's not fashionable to sew when you're a child because why are you sewing? You can buy stuff in the store, right? I realized oh. to sew for myself, not just dolly. And I picked it up again. I picked it up again. And that was necessity because I'm kind of bootylicious in my figure. And they don't cater for that in the shops. Yes. But I can cater for myself if I sew. And that became the key thing. Yes. It was a really good this thing that fits unmatched. It is an unmatched feeling. And I think there's so many beautiful things and so many avenues that you have laid for us to travel in our conversation. Sewing for a doll that you loved and making these brilliant clothes. And she was the best dressed dolly in the entire neighborhood. And then like continuing to sew in elementary school. But it's interesting to think that you were sewing as a kid, which I think is an admirable skill. And I can totally understand why your mother was like, I want my kids to be able to know how to do things because that's a way to become and remain independent. But then you got a little teased for that. Like, why are you sewing? You should be buying. Can you talk a little bit about like what you recall, if you recall much from that time, about hearing that kind of feedback from your peers? Because it seems like some hateration on the part of some jealous kids, because why would you say something like that? What a weird thing to tease a kid about. You know how to sew because you are poor. Like what? 
I don't understand. I do remember, I think I was started to sell when I was definitely a child. So I must have been about eight, maybe seven, thereabouts. And then um, I remember she taught me, my mother, bless her, taught me to knit as well. And I remember designing my own knitting patterns. When I say knitting patterns, I mean like design. So I did a heart and I found that if I start with one stitch here and I make it wider and, you know, I can get the heart. And I went to school with this jump. Beautiful. I felt good, you know, I made this thing. And I remember they kind of clowned me for wearing this. And I see <gasps> these friends in the store now and I'm like, you were ahead of your time, girl. But yeah, it wasn't really the done thing. You were ahead of your time. <laughs> It wasn't the done thing, but I decided to make my own clothes because for me, I used to go and buy trousers, pants in the store. But to accommodate the hip, the waist would be big and you get that big whack back. It was so annoying. Someone could put a beverage. You could sit a whole beverage like in the crack between where my butt finished, but then my waist was big. It's like I could really put other things in here. What's wrong with these pants? Well, at least I hate that. So that's partly why I started to sew, just to accommodate my figure. It opens up a whole new world to me because then I realized if I go to the shop and I want my dress in blue and they don't have it in blue, I can buy some blue material and have that same dress if it's within my skill set, you know. Obviously, I wasn't pattern cutting formally then, but I knew my way around sewing enough to make my own off of that. What they're calling it now, hacks. I just call it changing the pattern. Yes. I used to do that. And that's how it started with me and sewing. But it came and it went. I got busy with studies. I got busy with work and different things. And it would be ebbs and flow. Sometimes I wouldn't sew for years. Sometimes I sew regularly. Be inconsistent like that. But it was something that I always held dear to my heart. I'm always sketching things I've seen people wear on the street and things I see on TV. And even now I'm forever watching telly with the camera. That's nice. That's nice. I'm always doing that. I love that so much. I do the same thing. I have so many pictures in my phone of clothes from television. Not that much because I don't watch that much TV, but I am not above stopping strangers. I have stopped so many strangers and said, may I take a picture of your outfit? I will not include your face. You've done that. May I haven't done that. You know what? People kind of like it. I honestly think it's flattering. It is. I think if someone stopped me, imagine, Janet, you know how we are. If someone stopped us in a me made and said, I love your outfit so much. Can I take a picture? What would we say? Yes. Oh, yeah. Of course. That is what it's for. Yeah. Right. I am here to be seen. I think that's true for many people when they go out, they want to dress themselves in such a way that they can meet the day and meet whatever needs might come throughout the day. And if your outfit that is chosen for the day happens to snag my attention, congratulations to you. You must be well-dressed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this chair, I will stop people to give a compliment, but to ask for a photograph, that's good. You've got guts. I would never do the photograph, babe. I mean, listen, you know how to design patterns. So I could imagine how if you had a photo, it would be so much easier. Then you wouldn't have to like remember so much from the sketching. But I don't know anything about it. So which is one of the reasons I'm excited to talk to you today. So you've gone back and forth with sewing. You started as a child. You had developed some pretty strong skills in both sewing and knitting. The fact that you could knit a jumper and that you were able to say, I know how to make a heart based on my understanding of what a pixel is, truly, because that's what helps to build that out, right? I know what a pixel is. So I have one pixel and then two pixels and then three and then four. And I just keep going and then I bring them back in. That is a really rather kind of computational way of thinking, right? And the fact that you were able to move all those little pieces around to make your designs, to make your hacks, to make these things shows a lot about your creative imagination, 
when you are in between sewing, what kind of things do you do that kind of keep the sewing engine or the sewing energy fresh? If you've been on a long hiatus, what brought you back from the on again, off again to where we find you now, where you are Miss J Sews? <laughs> Talk a little bit about that because now it seems like you're like absolutely committed now, right? Because you've got this wonderful social media and also the new pattern that we're going to discuss. So how do you kind of keep that energy going when it's been a little dormant for a minute? I think partly for me, because I never, never have a dedicated sewing room. So it always meant me taking over part of the house, the living room table or something. So it always makes sewing a little bit more inconvenient and more challenging to do. You can't just jump on your machine as you wish. So that's something that always slowed me down. But in between projects, what normally dragged me back into it is an event or something I had to go to. And I used to go to the shops oh. and think, I'm not playing that for that. Are you joking? Really? Polyester <gasps> in that ugly colour? No, nah, I'm not paying it. Mm-mm. And I'd get the sewing machine back out. <laughs> and even if it may have cost me more long run, I'd rather because it's bespoke. No one else is going to be yes. at the same frock. That is the nightmare to go out. There's another chick out there looking cuter than you in the same dress. No. Well, not cuter, but we're trying to. Trying to look as cute as me. Unless I don't know about cuter. That's the outrageous, Janet. Cuter? No, ma'am. I say I'm not going down that road. Let me just buy some material and make something and behave myself. But with me now, I'm a last minute person. I know the events on Friday and I'm rushing Friday afternoon with a machine, you know, risking my life and limb. Oh, my gosh. I love how you could be motivated to sew by indignance. You are at the shops, you look at the price tag and you are instantly indignant. This is how many pounds? Are you kidding me? For something that I could make for a mere fraction of the price? And then you go and do it. Like, that is wonderful. I mean, the garment workers need a fair wage, to be fair. Of course, of course. I don't mean in that sense. I mean, for example, it may be polyester and not even a nice quality polyester. And I'm thinking I'll be sweaty by the end of the night in this even a viscose or maybe a linen mix or a cotton, something mm. that lets a bit more yes. breathe in it. Breathability. Yes. And then you go to the shops and everybody's got the same dress, but in a different length. And it's like, I'm into trends because they're short-lived. Yes. Too short-lived. The slogan of the Stitch Please podcast is that we will help you get your stitch together. And now we're bringing it to you in a new way. The Stitch is a newsletter from Black Women Stitch, and I am delighted to tell you about it. What do you get when you sign up for the Black Women Stitch newsletter? You get to hear what's happening with Black Women Stitch in the Stitch Please podcast. Events that we've had, events that are coming up, contests for prizes, live shows, social media meetups, IRL meetups, episodes of the podcast that you might have missed, as well as opportunities to learn and sew in community with other Black makers across the country and across the world. You'll learn also about some actual stitches. We will help you get your stitch together with continuing education for your sewing life. Oh my goodness, y'all, I am so excited for this newsletter. It's always things I want to tell you, you know, but how? Well, now we have the stitch. Sign up using the link in the show notes or on our website. We look forward to helping you get your stitch together soon.
And it is absolutely true. Garment workers do need to be adequately compensated. And unfortunately, a lot of the things that you are seeing in the shops, the stuff that is polyester, the stuff that is mass manufactured, those workers are not being compensated for the work that they are producing. So it really is this kind of vicious circle of consumption and discarding, you know, like buy it, wear it, throw it away, buy it, wear it, throw it away. And this is another thing that sewing can reduce is that it is a form of sustainability because the pieces that you end up making, you tend to hold on to them a bit longer, as you said, because it's bespoke. It is made to your body. It is made to what I call my booty blessings (laughs) that the Lord has given me. Yes, I understand that totally. I mean, in my household, we throw things away unless they're completely beyond repair and beyond use. And the same goes for my wardrobe, which means sometimes you can end up looking a little dated if you don't know how to juice something up to the modern time. But I hate to have a garment and get rid of it in a year, two, three, four. Right. If my weight hasn't fluctuated to the extent where I can't wear it anymore, why am I discarding this thing? It still has value. Mm -hmm. Add something to the cuff, do something, but don't really just discard it. And I don't like to throw things away senselessly. So I think that's so wise. That is so wise, Janet, because what I'm hearing you say is that when you make a garment, you don't really have to just make it once. And what I'm hearing from you is like, you know, even if you do end up sewing a garment and it's like, you know, say seven or eight years old, if it doesn't seem as modern or up to date as you might like, I have pieces that are also kind of on the older side. But because I don't believe in trends, if I still like it, I am still wearing it regardless of what the trend might be because the trend doesn't determine what I wear or don't wear. But if you're concerned about a kind of update, you could kind of go back in, like you said, and make it shorter. You can add some lace or some fringe or some whatever. You can make the sleeve shorter. You could do all of these things, all of these wonderful modifications that can extend the life of the garment. And I think that's really wonderful. It's so great. Speaking of garments, I want to ask about this garment. I saw this on your page. If you are a Patreon member, you are lucky enough to see me and Janice's beautiful faces. And you will also be lucky enough to see this stunning dress that is really quite lovely. This is a strapless gown. I'm not sure if that's called T-length just below the knee. And it looks very full. I'm not sure if you have a crinoline underneath. The bust, the bodice part is very well supported. And I know that's not easy to do. Can you talk a little bit about this dress and where this was in your process of sewing? Oh, this is a dress from a few years ago. And how I discovered this dress, it was, I think it's from Craftsy a long time ago. Gertie's bombshell dress. I don't know if you remember that. Yes. I do. Right. And that was before I joined social media, because what I would do back in those days is I would look at other people's blogs. So I was familiar with people from their blogs, but I never interacted. I was always in the shadows. And I saw this on somebody else's feed. And by then, I think it was a discontinued class. But Craftsy customer service back then was hot. I contacted them and she let me have access to the class anyway, which was really nice of her. And so I think, if I recall now, is Gertie's bombshell dress and the bottom is a circle skirt I drafted myself, if I recall. (gasps) Oh my. So this is the hacking that you talked about. So even in this dress, you took the bombshell, but you didn't take all of it. I think I might have bought that same pattern. Is it the case that the bombshell was a sheath dress traditionally? Was it a sheath? It's a tiki dress with a ruching at the side or something like that, if I recall. So every night, okay. For my purposes, I wanted this to wear out and I knew I'd be dancing. So there was no room for error with that bottles because I'm one of these over enthusiastic dancers. (laughs) 
I had to make sure that this building business was on point and the waste stay was properly done. And when you zip up, it's tight. Yes. You know what? Yes. It looks like it. It looks like it's holding everything in the exact right place. And it looks like the kind of dress that you really can dance in. Like the fullness of the skirt must be a delightfully fun thing to spin a turn in. I bet it flares out like really amazingly. And then with the hands up, you are taking no prisoners. You are enjoying and living this dress. You are making this dress do what the dress was meant to do. And you intended the dress to be danced in. And so I love how you said, you know what? Some folks would think that a strapless gown was meant to be something to be observed in or maybe photographed in, but not something to move around in. And I think that sometimes I do get a little frustrated with some of the patterns, not too many, but sometimes I look at a pattern and I'll say, what do you expect people to do with this? Like this all needs more than what this pattern is meant to be giving it. Because if you really want someone to sew this up and put it on and walk, it needs to be better than it is currently. Like you have not done a good job with this part or that part. And these are like commercial patterns that I have paid for. And I'm like, ugh. But you are able to say, you know what, I'm going to make this do exactly what I want. And so I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what you call pattern cutting. And I did talk with a pattern cutter from England a few years ago, Moni Matoso, and she also does pattern cutting. And that was the first time I had ever heard of the phrase pattern cutting. Can you talk a little bit about what pattern cutting is for those of us who might not be familiar with that term? Okay. Well, for me, pattern cutting is essentially drafting a pattern to fit your body. Now, you can take an existing butterick or whoever pattern, I think they're defunct now, aren't they? But you could take a pattern and you can decide, well, it's cute where they put the waistline, but maybe I like it a bit lower. Or it's cute where they say yes. that to end, I'll make it a bit shorter and you can adapt it. I studied pattern cutting. I used to take time off work and instead of going on holiday, I'd go to school. And I used to study classes at the London Wonderful. College of and St. Martin's School of Arts. And I used to study on short courses Wonderful. there. And I was lucky enough, I studied with um, Denik Dunman Cho. He's written a pattern cutting book that's quite well known. I studied under him, which is quite wonderful. So I've been mucking about with patterns from an early age because I used to figure out that they may have uh, straps. Maybe I don't want the straps. Maybe I'd like the straps to be different. Maybe I'd like a sleeve and I'd muck about from then. But then I realized it is a formal way of doing things. Let me see what formally trained people do. And that's when I learned how to use blocks, as we call it. I think you say slopers and things like that. Yes, yes. Because for me, in anything, whether it's shop bought or made, fit is king or whatever. Yes. And for example, with the bustier dress you just showed there, with the fit, I feel comfortable. I feel happy enough to walk in a room. I can dance. I can even eat and feel good. Mm -hmm. When fit's off, you lose confidence, no matter how good you look. And Mm. I... Example, I went to a party and I sat in a dress I'd bought from the store, but it was a nice dress. But it rode up a lot when I sat down. And I remember sitting down and pulling down thing. And an older... Yes, yes. Came to me and said, girl, what's wrong with you? Why are you pulling down your skirt every minute? So what's wrong with you? (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) And he's like, you know, she said your skirt too tight. And I'm like, oh my God. And he's right. The skirt didn't fit well. And, you know, Mm -hmm. make it close. Option of making it fit well. No matter how cute the outfit is, if you're not comfortable, you're not confident. That's right. When I make anything, whether it's a commercial pattern, something from my own imagination, whatever, I feel confidence is the thing I need the most because without that, the night crumbles or the date crumbles or the interview crumbles. Have you ever been to an interview and something too tight or something too loose where your teeth showing too much? You just suddenly... Yes. 
pattern cutting for me is the option to make something fit well. I agree with you. I think that's absolutely paramount, especially because I think fit is something that works from the inside out. So for example, you knew that your skirt didn't fit well. And because of that, you kept pulling it. You kept trying to change your body position so that it could fit. So you could just sit down with confidence and not feel like you were flashing everybody. But what that looks like from the outside, it's anxiety, it's disrupt. The thing is that only you know how something fits based on how it feels. And so I just thought it's just so powerful to realize that fit is also an important part of a me-made look because that's the reason many people sew is because they want clothes that will fit them, that the shops aren't prioritizing our needs, et cetera, so we can kind of build what we need pretty easily. I wanted to ask about this lovely piece. I think this is just the cutest. I'm trying to describe it for those who are listening. Another beautiful image of a very smiling and happy, gorgeous Janet with a lovely head wrap and a white dress with a really interesting short sleeve with a detail at the shoulder. It looks like a woven dress with a princess, a square neckline. Can you talk a bit about this piece, Janet? This was a sewing pattern. I think it was a simplicity. I couldn't tell you the number now, but it was definitely a sewing pattern. And I liked it and I liked the square neckness of it. But I thought, let me add a pleat into the sleeve that wasn't there. I just felt the sleeve did it. Yes. So I added an extra extension in the middle of it and folded that back in on itself and then put a button at the end. And the button is something I found in a stash from an old cardigan from like a hundred years ago. The waistband was in panels. and I, I didn't need all these panels. What was that for? I got rid of the panels and just made it smooth. I mean, it's quite a tricky little make. It's lined, fully lined, but it's yes. a dress. And I used to wear that to work quite frequently. Yes. It is quite lovely. It looks like it's great to move in. It looks nice and crisp. What fabric did you use for it? I used my favorite fabric, cotton. I believe it was a cotton, maybe a mix, predominantly cotton. Wow. So your favorite fabric is cotton. So you like to sew with woven fabrics. The back stitch is a reinforcing stitch sewn by hand or stitched by machine. The back stitch is a return with a purpose. On the Stitch Please podcast, our new Backstitch series will recall early and or favorite episodes of the podcast. And the best news? It's hosted by you. Yes, you. Thank you. You. Do you have a favorite Stitch Please podcast episode? Let us know by leaving a voice memo on our website. Five minutes max. Let us know what episodes you love and why other people will love it too. And if we use your message on the show, you will receive an honoraria. So remember, the backstitch makes us seem stronger. Leave us a message so that your contribution can make the Stitch Please podcast that much stronger. You can find the link at the blackwomenstitch.org website or just click on it in the show notes for this episode. What draws you to woven fabrics more than knit fabrics? Just a very good question, actually. I mean, knit fabrics have their place, obviously, for workout gear and things. I think mainly because, probably because of my style of dressing, I've never been very good at casual clothes, if that makes sense. Oh. 
yes, yes, it does. I'm the type of person where somebody will say, oh, you look dressed up. I'll give you an example. I was on the jury service. We had a short trial and then they called us back for another long fraud trial. And we were like, oh, anyway, I'd come to court and I'm at court. I'm not a defendant, but I still need to look nice. People would come in jeans. The judge is there and I'm here. I can't come in jeans. I'm like, no, my mother would be so upset with me coming out in jeans to court. <laughs> come to court looking like that picture, a dress or whatever every day. And then one day I came in, this is like after the 16th day, it's a long trial. And one of the girls, oh, there she is. I'm like, what do you mean? I thought, what's wrong with you guys? Oh, we were taking bets as to what colour you were going to wear today. This is the legal system and process, people. What colour are you going to oh wear? Oh my gosh. Can you believe this? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, the fate of a person's life is in your hands. And everyone's like, the most important thing that the jury cares about is Janet's look for day 16. It's so funny. It's hilarious. I was crying with laughter. They're so funny. It's a good bunch of people, but the craziness they thought about is unbelievable. Really unbelievable. I think that is delightful. And speaking of delightful, your social media. Your social media, I find it so charming. And one of my favorite reels that you did was when you talked about crafting as self-care. I thought that was so beautiful. People can still go back and find it. I think you should pin that on your IG page so that people get to find it all the time because it was so beautiful. Can you talk about what led you to make that reel? I loved it. I used the sound to do my own reel because I thought it was so wonderful. What led you to create Crafting is Self-Care? Sometimes I do funny reels and sometimes I do serious reels and sometimes I just do carousels and things. And on this day, I thought, you know, let's do something from the heart. I did one before from the heart when I spoke about my mother teaching me to sew. And I thought crafting is self-care. You know, it is. Whether you're a carpenter, a seamstress, a dancer, you know, whatever you do for your mental health and fun, it is self-care. So for me, that was sewing. If you've got time and the resources to do so, it's a nice thing to do. You can do it peacefully, some hand sewing, or you could do run up a quick outfit for a night out. Whatever it is, it's nice to do something and see a result at the end. And I thought, let me just make a reel about something that makes sense. (laughs) And to see that it resonated with you, It just really gladdened my heart. It's so nice to see that something you think and feel can have a reaction to somebody else. And I thank you for that. It was really a nice feeling. I did another, tell me the outfit that you like wearing the most or whatever. And that, the people on TikTok liked it. Thank you very much. But your version of it was outstanding, actually. Well, I wouldn't say that. I had had a professional photographer into this studio and he had taken photos of me sewing and doing stuff. And then Ryan, my youngest son, happened to come in and like I gave him a hug and so we got a beautiful picture and so like I love that picture and I make a lot of things for my kids so I did love it but it would not have happened had it not been for your soundtrack you put the words to the feelings that many of us have so I want to thank you for that and another thing to thank you for is this new sewing pattern so you've been studying pattern cutting and now you've released a pattern the first of many I am certain and this one again this is your favorite fabric this is a beautiful wove is it a bit of a silk or satin in it can you talk about London rain and what makes this pattern like this is your first pattern is this the first one it is this is your first one which is is so lovely. Can you talk about what led to this gorgeous outcome? What was your process? Like, I don't even understand how to begin. 
I used to sew in isolation. I never was on social media, occasionally lurking on other people's blogs and let's see what other people could do. And I saw what I could do. And I used to think, you know, I wouldn't mind working in some sort of capacity in a creative art like sewing. And I never had the opportunity before. And I thought, you know, I'm going to try it now. I'm not getting any younger. Let's give this a go now. And I would design my own patterns from scratch anyway. And that feeling was unbelievable to have an idea in your head and then make a sketch and actually make that idea come true is really wonderful. I still see patterns out and some patterns are gorgeous and I'd love to make them. And other things I think... Mm-hmm. That's not for me or this is quite trend led. A lot of people are releasing similar patterns at the same time. And I thought, you know, why don't you try and create something you might like to see? Mm. Let's see how this goes, because I've never offered anything to the public before. People have seen things on my feed that I've made for myself, for my imagination, but I've never offered it to anybody else. People have said to me over the last few years, things like I wish I could sew or you make me want to start sewing again or I like your design. And I thought, you know, I get some positive words back. So let me try and get a pattern released. And this has been a long process. I've been studying pattern cutting on and off for some time now. And I'm enrolled in two different pattern cutting schools now. One is more focused on the modern, one's more focused on the vintage. And I remember when I was in the course of doing the vintage class, I did see something with a drop sleeve. And that did have a drop sleeve, actually. And I made something with a drop sleeve, which was similar to this, but instead I extended the sleeve. The dual length, I think, is equal here. Yes. Okay. Okay. I love this drop sleeve. And I thought, you know, let me develop a pattern based around the drop sleeve. So I thought I'd do something more modest, Whoa. maybe wear for an event or for a summer wedding, something like that. Because I could have done yes. something backless or whatever, but I didn't feel like it for this dress. I thought I'd do something a bit more modest with a higher neck and elbow leg sleeve and show the volume of the sleeve because I made it exceedingly gathered across the bicep. So you get the volume. Yes. That's what I did. Yes. It's a lovely result. I mean, a statement sleeve is one of my favorite things. And I am loving how you said, you basically, you started with the sleeve. The drop sleeve was the thing that kind of sparked your imagination. And it's like you built the garment around that. Okay, so you got the sleeve, you've attached it to the bodice. And so that top half is done. How did you decide on what the skirt would be? I wanted to keep it in a vintage sort of vein. I wanted to have a pencil skirt. Obviously, you need to walk in a pencil skirt. I do remember the time when I trained in a pencil skirt and couldn't lift my leg and a man had to hoist me in. So I thought, no, this needs some sort of movement. <laughs> I incorporated it. So I made a kick, please. A, well, I should say a walking vent. So when you walk the back. A walking vent. Yeah, so it's still closed. And if you notice in vintage dresses, if you go back to series like Mad Men, if you look at a lot of yes. dresses, she has that sort of walking vent as opposed to this split where you see skin. This opens, you don't see it, yes. but you can move. So that's how the back yes. of it. I'm partial to a pencil skirt, I must say. Yes, and it absolutely works. It absolutely works. It is lovely. And I love the name London Rain. My plan was to name one of my children Rain, R-E-I-G-N, because I loved it so much. And we ended up going with family names instead. But if we had not decided that, one of these children would definitely be named R-E-I-G-N. How did you decide on London Rain for the name of this pattern? What made you choose that or what energy do you want folks to kind of receive from it when we hear the name? I made a conscious decision not to name anything after females because a lot of things are named female names. And I thought I'm not going to do something I feel at the time. And I thought, well, London, I live in London. I'm from London. I'm raised in London. 
London's a good one. And I thought, Rain, that sounds good. I want you to feel regal in it. I want you to feel important. Let's call it Rain. And it sort of just flew from there. I think it suits the government. It absolutely suits the garment. A hundred percent. And the name itself is so really, it's just so cool. Like, it's just cool. You know, you think about London and then the monarchy and all of that other stuff. Like, there's just so many ways that London Rain works as a garment name. And I hadn't thought so much about, I think you're right. I think a lot of independent pattern companies and even some of the big four now are starting to name their patterns. And when they do, they do tend to choose names that are associated with people or a person's name and sometimes even the designer's name or whatever as part of it. So I thought that was really interesting. Oh, that's so cool. I'm so glad. I ask that question. It's a play on words because everybody knows we have rain in London, as in the physical weather. Exactly, exactly. I have heard that it rains there a lot. I've yet to go to England, but I have heard it rains a lot for sure. And now I know somebody that lives there. It's you. So now I can contact you. You can show me the sewing scene in London and like take me to the shops and all that stuff. So that I would totally love. Now I am going to ask you the last question since we're wrapping up here. This is a question I ask all guests. Okay. The slogan of the Stitch Please podcast is that we will help you get your stitch together. We will help you get your stitch together. I'm going to ask you, Miss J. Sows, what advice do you have for our listeners today that will help us get our stitch together? I say two things. Know your body and fit. And when I say know your body, there's trends, but maybe that trend isn't for you. Maybe you're not going to feel comfortable when you try on that trend. So know what fits your lifestyle and fits your body. And when I say fit, I mean actually as well, know to fit your garments to fit you. Even if the garment is made from a cheaper fabric, once it fits you, people won't even notice. I love it. That is genius advice. And on that note, thank you so much, Janet, for being here today. This has been such a delight. Truly, truly. I am so grateful. Thank you so much for having me. I do appreciate it. And maybe we'll do this again one day. Absolutely, yes. And we also have to add, Janet has been incredibly generous and in offering a 35% discount code for her London Rain pattern. We will include that in the show notes. So when you look at the episode online or in any of your podcast players, you can find the discount code and the link to the pattern. All of that will be there. Janet, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you joining us this week and every week for stories that center Black women, girls, and femmes in sewing. We invite you to join the Black Women Stitch Patreon community with giving levels beginning at $5 a month. Your contributions help us bring the Stitch Please podcast to you every week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support and come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together. Stitch, please.